Bleacher Creatures Podcast. Bleacher Creature. 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 Bleacher Creature himself. What's going on, everyone? This is Luke, and of course, I'm here with uh, the one, the only, the man, the myth, the legend, whatever the fuck you want to call him. It's our boy John, and uh, we're yeah, we're back for episode ten. Can't believe we're in fucking episode ten already of the Bleacher Creatures podcast. Uh, and of course, as I'm happy to announce for if for those of y'all who have listened to the Jones and for Sports podcast yesterday. Mm-hmm. The Bleacher Creatures podcast is now brought to you by Jones and for Sports. Um, so please go to Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and go follow Jones and for Sports. Uh, you're going to be seeing a lot of me and John uh, as far as videos and digital content on that channel as well. Um, but so enough about that. On to the sports world, and if. For the last 24 hours, like literally the last 24 hours, if you've been under a rock, out of the country, or whatever the fuck might have happened, uh, you will know that the one and only Bryce Harper decided to actually sign somewhere. Yes, he did. And he signed a deal that lasts about 10 times longer than the average marriage. (laughs) And he's married to the Philadelphia Phillies. For 13 years and $330 million. And the first thing that popped into my mind was, this has Miguel Cabrera written all over it. Um, yeah, yeah, that's not the first thing that popped in my mind, but yeah, that would be a true statement. Because let's be real, Miguel Cabrera came into the league in what, 2003 with the Marlins? We're now in yeah. 2019. And he's not on a team-friendly contract, and he hasn't played at his normal level in the last two seasons, plus injuries. Let's be real. Yeah, well, he's up there in age now. Let's be real. Bryce Harper's 26. You're not signing Bryce Harper for his 30. You're signing him for now to win now, and that's why I don't understand the signing on either end. Well, I mean, I, I will say this. but Even before the Phillies got Bryce, you, it's, you can make the argument that – that the Phillies were one of the five teams that you could, you know, was in contention for winning the offseason, quote unquote. Um, I think right now, with Harper, the Phillies, you could say, have won the 2019 offseason. But I also don't think that they have any money left to do anything to fix that lineup via signings in the next five years. I don't think, I'm not more concerned about their lineup, I'm concerned about their pitching. You know, in the NL, you can get away with winning with a bad lineup. That is true. Well, they locked up um, Nola, which is part of their moves, which was super smart. But the back end of that rotation, after after you get – once you get to, like, Nick Pavetta in that rotation, you can beat them easily. It'll be a slugfest, but you can beat them. Yeah, you know, I don't think that the Phillies did too good of a job with – this whole offseason, they had the boatload of money to spend. They walked away with nothing. They walked away with one player. Well, that's not in true. Free, in, in free agency. Dude, they signed David Robertson, which solidifies that's, the back uh, end of their bullpen. Come on. They come signed on. Andrew McCutcheon at the meetings. That's not, that's not signing. When you have a boatload of money to spend, we can't be talking about veterans to shore up your team. Okay, they, they talking- traded for Gene Segura. And right, got they, and they, got out they, of the no, Carlos I'm not saying Santana. They didn't make moves. I'm saying they didn't make championship like moves. 
Well, but not every player is available, and some players you yeah, just can't there, get a hold I'll of. I'll tell you what, Manny Machado is available. Yeah, and I, I they they clearly went after Machado, but they, you could tell they liked Harper more based upon sheer dollar amount. And that's fine. Why didn't they get both? That's what this whole offseason was for them, right? In theory, Dude, you're yes. In it, you got to be in it to win it. You're not in it to win it when you when you get Harper, Segura, and uh, and uh, McCutcheon and yeah Robertson and these are solid players. But I think that they didn't put themselves over the hump. They added themselves to the mix. But are they are they a World Series favorite in your opinion? No. No. Um, right now, I think a team would you like the. Well, let me ask. Would, would you right, no no in the NL East? Would you say they're light years above the Mets? And the Braves? Uh, they're better than the Mets by not by light years. And would you would you be shocked if the Mets finished ahead of them in the standings? Um, slightly. I think I would be less shocked if Atlanta beat them. I would also be less shocked if I would be shocked if Washington beat them. But Washington has the pitching to do it. I don't know if they can keep up with the bats. So there that something has to be said for that. Um, I right now, and I'm also if I'm if I'm Philly, let's be real. The Mets have arguably one of the they have maybe the best rotation in baseball at a sheer one two punch plus a solid now bullpen. If you yeah. can't hit, if you can't get to Degrom or Syndergaard or Mats or Wheeler, you're gonna have problems because you don't want to see Diaz in the ninth either. Right, but my point is right now. I don't consider any of those teams light years ahead of the other. No, the the NL East is probably going to be the most. The NL East and the NL Central are probably going to be the most competitive divisions in baseball this year. Right, and it's it's it's. I'm happy to see the NL East be restored to a competitive division again. Um, like we, Miami is going to be the worst team in the National League probably by a lot. Um, they may even be the worst team in baseball if the Orioles didn't exist, but. One to four, those teams are going to beat the shit out of each other all year long. It's going to be very fascinating. And if the I, I can tell you right now, if the Mets are playing and the Yankees have an off day, I might flip on SNY. I don't see why I wouldn't. I mean, case in point, the Mets, even though they already have injuries, they're still better. Uh, I think that what, what we're seeing now, right now, is my point, okay, is the Phillies had the money to send. They got real. They didn't do bad, but they didn't put themselves over the hump. Oh, fucking Philly got real Muto too. Right, they got real Muto. Robertson, McCutcheon, Harper. Is that a bad off season, Segura? No, it's great, but it's not good enough. Do you, what was a, what else could they have done? There, there. Let's be real. What else was out there for them to get aside from Machado? That was it. Do you really think Philly had six hundred and thirty million to to give out over yeah, ten to thirteen years? Sure do. I I don't know if it ever makes sense to put those two on the same team. I mean, if you can do it, great. To be out, I would. If I'm a Philly fan and you didn't get Harper, I would be more mad at getting outbid by San Diego for Machado. You would be. I would be. I would be super pissed because you definitely had a hole at third base. But if you're Michael Franco, now you have something to prove because you know they tried to upgrade the position at third. 
And Franco had a shit year last year, so he's he's got to play better. You At least you would think he has to. All the incentive in the world is in front of him. All I'm saying, dude, if you... Like, they, they did what they could. They, they clearly won the offseason. The Dodgers traded Puig to get Harper and didn't do it. The Dodgers are significantly worse now. I, w- I will say that for sure. The path to the NL just to the to the NLCS got way bigger. You can't it, deny it, that. Right. No, no, no. That's what well, Luke, that's what I'm saying. It, it teams had an opportunity to separate themselves and they did not. The Mets, the Phillies, the Dodgers, they did not. That's what I'm disappointing. All these teams are clumped together. The Cubs, the Brewers, nobody separated themselves. It got a lot more interesting, which is going to be great for us fans, but nobody separated themselves from the pack. And you look at the AL, you have the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Astros, right? Everything else is secondary. That's correct. In the NL, we can make a case for probably 10 teams to make the World Series. Um, yeah, that's not, well, I don't know about 10. I could make a case for a strong eight. I could make a case for for the Mets, the Phillies, the Braves. Yeah. You can make a case for the Cubs, the Brewers, that's five. And the Cardinals. The the Cardinals, that's six. The Dodgers, that's seven. In my personal opinion, I never count out the Giants, that's eight. So Uh, the The Giants right now should be counting every lucky star they ever had that they didn't get Harper. In my opinion, and I will tell you why. I will never count them out. But my point—you have to. This is the worst the Giants have been in years. Yeah, but I don't ever count them out. Somehow that. Who on that lineup scared you? Nobody. The only one who can. The only one in that lineup who's any good is Buster Posey and fucking Longoria. Remember remember Sandoval? What fat fuck Sandoval? Yeah. 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 Well, guess what? He's not the same player anymore. You can't count these guys out. That's what I'm saying. I have no problem counting them out. Matter of fact, I will bury I will bury the Giants now. The Giants will Even be a, if I want to do that. That's still seven teams. The right? Giants yes, it's still seven teams. Right now, the Giants, in my opinion, will finish lower in that division than San Diego. But is that not still seven teams, Luke? It is. As far as competitive balance, it's definitely there. And speaking of competitive balance, the NL Central fascinates me too. Because St. Louis got monumentally better with the addition of one player. That's Who? Goldschmidt. Sure. I, I can't argue that. And they, and they locked up Nicholas, too, for four years for like $60 million, which was genius by them. Absolutely. And that's what you're starting to see teams do, lock up their players. But also, like too, let's, let's not forget, people seem to forget, like, Nicholas wasn't a homegrown guy for them. They got him from the JPL. I, which is why, in my opinion, that is home ground. Well, no, because if you're coming, the Japanese style of play is very different. He's, he's still, he's still first major league team was the Cardinals. Oh, he. I'm sorry. Did he leave the Cardinals? No. No, not now. I'm saying or before he went to Japan. I don't think so. Yeah, I I think he left some big league organization to to go over there and then got came back and did fine because i will say this if you're a pitcher in the jpl and you can produce that's that the style of hitting over there is not all home runs it's a lot of contact like single double shoot the gaps kind of guys right so if you can if you can miss bats there you can definitely do it here when strikeouts are at all-time highs 
They're, 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 I mean, case in point, did you see Kikuchi pitch for Seattle? No. no. Oh. Just some highlights here and there. I didn't watch the full game. Well, I didn't watch the full game either, but I saw about a full inning or two of him pitching. His stuff is filthy. Well, yeah, there's no doubt about that. Right. But, you know, at a certain point, everyone catches on to the Japanese pitchers. I mean, look at Darvish. Darvish came in like a comet, and now Darvish is arguably useless. Hugh Darvish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... is that all these teams, none of them have solidified themselves as the top contender. They all had an opportunity to do so, and they didn't. Well, since we're on the topic of the NL Central, um, pretty much every team in that division got better, except for the Pirates. The Pirates yep. are about to suck again for like another twenty years. I feel like very possible. Yeah, you think it, you think it'd be wise for the Pirates to consider dealing guys like Polanco and Marte? If the price is right, yeah. Well, let's well. Neil Huntington has shown he's never been afraid to deal top level prospects, top level pitching. They have Chris Archer, who may not ever be the I same guy. Yeah, yeah, but I don't, you know, it's funny because, in my personal opinion, right now what we have is in the NL Central, you have three teams again that can make the World Series. Yeah, I'm going to count out the Brewers. Ooh. I, I refuse so why, to. You know why? Pitching? Just based on percentage. Nothing to do with team. Based on percentage. They were there last year. I'm not going to count on them to get back. That's how close I think that division. So what do you think? The Brewers missed the playoffs by like two, three games? Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think they have a bad year. So you think the Brewers basically are the last year's Tampa Bay Rays? No, I wouldn't go that far. Well, no, as not. in they contend the whole year but just fall short? Yeah, I, I think the Cardinals um, are the best team there. So you think the Car- who who wins the division? Like St. Louis or Chicago? St. Louis. All right, I, I, that's that's not a bad pick. I think I think that division needed the Cardinals and the Cubs to be good again. Like You're the, absolutely right, it did. Right, because obviously, like the AL East is always better when the Red Sox and Yankees are good. Right, right. the NL Central is always better when the Cubs and Cardinals. Are good. It just makes for better ball. Sure. Yeah, and the Brewers being, and even the Reds, dude. The Reds are not going to make the playoffs, but the Reds are still stupidly better than, than they were last year. Well, that's what I'm saying. We're talking about we're talking about like certain teams competing, and the worst teams are getting better. I mean, the Marlins are going to be better. There's no doubt about that. Well, the and Marlins are speed up on these teams. Yeah, I. I, I, you could make. Well, who do you think is going to end up having a worse record this year, the Miami Marlins or the Pirates? The Pirates. Oh, I would pick Miami, but I. You can, know why? I think that dude, that Miami team had no business winning any games last year. They, that is true. They play hard. They no. play hard, they play the right way, and they definitely play to win. Well, that's I the mean, beauty of I don't know if they'll have any jobs. They're playing as hard as they can to the last day. Yeah. I think the Pirates guys have more veterans. So I say the Marlins. Yeah, I mean, that is the one perk of having a, a team that's basically like fringe AAA players and Starlin Castro, is that these guys are all playing that like they have something to prove, which a lot of them do. Um, but when your whole team is basically fringe AAA players, you're basically fighting just to stay above water. 
So yeah. I could, yeah, just to just to just to stay up there, right? But yeah, the Pirates are. Uh, it's upsetting to me because the Pirates are always the NL team that I root for, um, just because my Pittsburgh allegiance. But um, what I will say is the Pirates. I think it might be time. Like yeah, we all know, it was it was painful for them to let McCutcheon go, and 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 you know they had to do what they had to do. If you come out by if by Memorial Day, you're 20 games under. Just start selling. You why why would you hold Starling Marte and Gregory Polanco and Archer hostage? Makes no sense. And shit, they even traded Ivan Nova, who was nothing great, but in that rotation, he was better than he ever was as a Yankee. It just it. I don't. I don't get it with them. I, I. I. don't. There's. There's a way to be creative, and that's how Tampa does it. Trading for players you have no business acquiring, and losing young, good upstart talent is going to kill a team like the Pirates. It just will. Well, especially a guy like Chris Archer. It's not like they got a Verlander or a shirt. You know. Yeah, but. But the, dude, they traded. They traded a couple of their best prospects to get Archer, which for Tampa is perfect. But that's what I'm saying. They had no business doing that. I'm in full agreement with you. Right. It was it was very stupid. That's why everyone, like even MLB Network, was shocked. It's like, really? The Pirates got Chris Archer? Why? Because that's a great question, Luke. Right. Why? (laughs) My one question would be why? Archer is not a Verlander. He's not a Kershaw. He's not a Bumgarner. He's not going to sell you tickets. Why? And you got rid of Glass now for for him? It's, no, made no sense. I fully agree. Yeah. So we agree that the Pirates are going to be in dead last in that division. The Reds will probably take fourth, but we'll yeah. be competitive. You see the Cardinals win that division. I'm going to go out on a limb and say the Cubs win it by no more than two to three games. Really? Yeah, I think the Cubs. Um, I think the Cubs are well. Javi Baez is entering his prime, and he's one of the best players in baseball right now. Um, I, another full year of Ian Happ being up there, he's gonna. I think he'll be a solid, con, you know, contributing bat to the lineup. Wilson Contreras is still solid. Rizzo and Bryant are solid. Schwarber's back, fully healthy. And he's got that tweaked mechanic in his swing now, so I could imagine if he rolls with that, he'll be fine. Jason Hayward's your eight hole, nine hole hitter, but at least you get gold glove defense from him. And Albert Almore is a good leadoff guy. I agree. It's hard to kind of argue with the Cubs are deep as shit, and the Cardinals are deep as shit. Like it, you could basically flip a coin, but both of them are going to be in the playoffs. I think the Brewers just miss because just 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 because of pitching, the hangover by not adding a starter and missing Jimmy Nelson for half the year possibly is going to kill them. Do you think? Let me ask. Do you think that that the Cardinals are the best team in the National League? No. You don't. On so top to bottom, I have I will firmly say right now, I I sheer talent on paper. I think the Cubs are more talented. I think the Cardinals know how to beat the Cubs. 
which is arguably makes them. I agree. I don't trust the Cubs right now. I think that they remind me a lot of the Mets from an offensive standpoint. Bunch of homegrown guys that have great promise and they can't stay healthy. That's possible. I mean, if they lose, I mean, what do you mean that's possible? Schwarber, Bryant. Yeah, but but Schwarber's not the most important hitter in that lineup. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's like saying Steven Matz isn't the most important pitcher on the Mets. He's a part of their homegrown talent. That's supposed to be one of the stars in them winning a championship. But I'm just saying, look at the Yankees. When Judge got hurt for six weeks, we we were we were grinding through it games. It doesn't matter. It if, doesn't matter. If you, you lose Rizzo or Bryant or Baez, then you're fucked. If you lose Schwarber, you plug in Ian Happ anyway. It doesn't matter. Well, that's my point. None of these guys are also living up to their full potential. I mean, has Chris Bryant even done that yet? Chris Bryant's already won an MVP. You think he's lived up to his full potential of being he was supposed to be? No. Chris okay. Bryant's not the best third baseman in the National League. Arenado is. Right. But that, I, I, that could be argued with Machado in there now, too. That, oh, yeah, shit, right. And my point, like, argued, remember, I'm not yeah. saying, but I'm just saying, Bryant is not that great, statistically, the last few years. I will still take Bryant on my team any day of the week. I will, too, but he's not living. Dude, you're missing my point, I think. My point is that the Chicago Cubs, their homegrown talent, has not fully, the last few years, lived up to its potential. Well, I could make an that argument. That has dynasty I, potential. I'll say that. Well, Brian, at full potential, is an MVP caliber player. Their most Absolutely. consistent guy seems to be Rizzo. Rizzo, and I think. Rizzo's an MVP type candidate. Rizzo, I think, um, is. Baez the, had, a, had a year like that last year. Yeah. Addison Russell is supposed to be a little better than he was. So is Schwarber. So is Hat. Addison Russell is uh, still suspended, right? Right. He is. But he was supposed to be a little better. Yeah. Then you got uh, what's that other kid? That other young outfielder, Albert Almara Jr. Yeah. He's supposed to be. I mean, my point is that none of these—they're all good, but none of them were as great as they were supposed to be when they first came up. No, like, well, yeah, it's abundantly obvious when that team is firing on all cylinders. Because they'll they're scoring six to eight runs a game and pitching lights out. My right. my concern with the Cubs is the, the, is the starting pitching. Darvish is terrible now. Um, Lester is another year older. I don't trust the bullpen. That's what that's what to me could lose them the division. They I could still see them making the wild card at worst, just on talent, but. They're one injury and a couple blown saves away from losing the division. You think so, huh? Yeah, well, dude, the Cardinals the Cardinals know how to beat the Cubs. It's just like how the Yankees know how to beat the Red Sox and vice versa. I agree. No, I'm agreeing with you. Right, but it's that division's going to be My so much is. closer now because Goldschmidt is that kind of player for the Cardinals. He's an immediate guy who makes not only himself and a Goldschmidt needed to get the hell out of the desert. He's got to be thrilled that he's in St. Louis. And by default, that's going to make Paul DeYoung and Marcelo Zuna better because they have another piece of protection in that lineup. Right. And so, you saw what Ozuna did when he had protection, didn't we? Yeah, Ozuna, when when the Marlins had the back-to-back MVP outfield, yes, they, they were Ozuna thrived when he had protection. Ozuna... Right. Ozuna at peak performance as an MVP caliber player too, but he he last year he just didn't have protection. Now he has it and he can 
the sky's the limit for that card for that Cardinal team. It just is. I fully agree. I just think it's any Cubs Cardinal game is almost much watch must watch baseball right now. It has to be. Sure. Especially if it's Carlos Martinez pitching for the for for St. Louis against Lester or you know one of the savvy veterans in the in the Cubs rotation. It's must watch TV. I fully agree. Yeah. Now the other division where you could argue, well, there's no way it's as interesting as the NL Central or the NL East. But the AL West, I'm very curious to see because now we've seen the the prices, that the going rate for perennial all-star players. Right. The AL West, to me, is fascinating because at a certain point, this to me is the make-or-break year for the Angels. If you don't make the playoffs this year, you have to consider trading Mike Trapp. Uh, I think they will. Yeah, I don't think that. Well, the other thing, too, is remember last year they went out and got Zach Cozart. Right. He ended up getting hurt around halfway point in the year and never yep. and never came back. But Cozart is a good player when he's healthy and fully functioning. You still right. you still have Justin Upton as a left fielder. Cole Calhoun is like the best right fielder in baseball that nobody ever talks about. And you have some pitching. Like you have enough, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> like literally adding Matt Harvey uh, to that rotation. Uh, Harvey's already hurt. I mean, what the fuck else is new? But it's can any can anyone who's ever played for the Mets just actually stay healthy? I have a theory on that. We can talk about that another time, but something went wrong there, right? I mean, Jesus, man. Yeah, well, that's been the Angels' killer. The Angels are the American League version of the Mets. Key players every year get hurt for them. Case in point, they lose Trout for like two, three weeks a year, and then their season just crashes and burns. It's every year. Plus, they lose guys like Skaggs. They're losing starting pitchers. Right now, if they can't make a run, you have to just blow it up. You have to. I don't think they will make a run, do you? Not at all. Okay. They don't have the pitching to do it. And they have they still have one of the worst farm systems in baseball. So we all know if you're going to enter a rebuild, you if you can trade Upton, do it. If you have to trade Trout to save your future, you, you do it. You you know, And you will get a shitload. You will get the best haul of anybody in baseball for Mike Trout. Not even close. I fully agree. It, that's inarguable. But right now, Texas is terrible. So that's one less team you have to worry about. I don't know. I don't know if Oakland is going to be good again. This team they fascinates me. Competitive, competitive. Yeah, but. In that division, you can hover around. I don't trust Seattle for shit. You can't. <laughs> a team that hasn't made the playoffs in what eighteen years now, and got worse. I don't. I don't see how that helps Seattle. It's a two horse race, and I don't think Oakland is going to be able to recapture that same lightning in a bottle that got him there last year. No, I agree. Yeah, I just. I mean, Matt Chapman is 
probably their best all-around player, him and Chris Davis. And um, yeah. I mean, Davis is a terrible outfielder, but he's a gr- phenomenal DH for them. No, Chris Davis is one of the worst outfielders I've ever seen. Right. Ramon Laureano is a phenomenal center fielder. They like they have the they have they pieces. Their boss is Jen Lau, right? Yeah, but Oakland doesn't and Marcus Semien turned a corner. Yeah, but they lost Jed Lowry, a twenty-five and ninety-nine guy, or ninety, whatever. I'm aware, but but they they also got uh, Jerks and Profar to play second. Yeah, I'm not. You know, I'm not sold on Profar. Trust me on that one. I'm not sold on Profar, but that's not a huge downgrade from Lowry, where you know that's not going to kill Oakland. And Matt Olson's a great first baseman. Like they have talent. It's just. Oakland, to me, seems like a team that every once in a while... Oakland's like herpes. Every once in a while, they're going to flare up and, and be there for a while, but then eventually they go away. Well, it's reality sets in is what happens. Right. There's always one team every year that overachieves. Last year, that was Oakland. Right. And the Rays. Correct. The Rays really overachieved last right. year. But right. The, the, and, and I can, and, well, well, we'll talk about the AL East on a different episode, but... In terms of Oakland, I don't see sustainability, um, and I what I see is a bit of regression. the The beauty is I don't think Seattle can be taken seriously. Texas definitely can't be taken seriously. The Angels are the biggest question mark in the American League, and Houston's gonna like and, and Houston's gonna run away with that division. The Angels are not that good. You know that, and I know that. No, at the bottom of my heart, I know it, but the, the talent is there. It just never seems to manifest. Right. As a, as a cumulative, cumulative whole, the Angels never seem to do anything. Case in point, Angelton Simmons is playing the best baseball of his career on both sides of the ball, and, yep. they're, and they're stuck in the mud shifting gears. Yeah, I, listen... This all comes down to the same point that makes since like the first time we talked was you're either in it to win it or you're not. I can't talk about these mediocre teams. Now, a mediocre team can make a run. There's no doubt. But these GMs or owners are not setting their teams up. So I don't know how any of them can look. Besides the, the Red Sox, not even the Red Sox, besides the Yankees and the Astros, I don't know how any of these owners can say, yeah, I legitimately think we put ourselves in the best position to win. I don't see how you can do that. Yeah, there's only, I would say, less than half of the cream of the crop teams in baseball can say that. They could say that we feel we're going to be more competitive. Right. Right? You could definitely say that. Right, like Cincinnati can say that. Um, Sure. Right. Tampa can say that. Um, Right. But, yeah. But all these teams made themselves more competitive. There's a lot more of that. But none of them... He said, we're, you know what? We're going over the hump here. We're, we're, we're going to make ourselves a uh, championship contender. Like the Rams did, right? Marcus Peter, Keith Tlaib, and Dominican Sue, Dante Fowler, all chips in. Yeah. How many of these teams can you say that said, we're, we're all in? This offseason, it's like maybe four. Right, and that's, that's what I'm saying. I think there's too much mediocrity going on. Well, we've I know we've discussed this before, but baseball has a serious serious issue on its hands where the okay, let's just for because I know we had, we had mentioned a couple of teams already, but look at the Royals, right? 
The right. Royals today got news that Salvador Perez might need might need Tommy John. I know, I saw that. I feel so bad for Perez because he's like uh, he's a great catcher, but no, he's a gamer, right? For no, sure. Perez is the man. But that the only addition that team made the whole offseason was Billy Hamilton. The Royals this year are if they lose Sal Perez for the entire year, the heart and soul of that team, that team is fucked. They're screwed. They they have no talent. There's nobody in that lineup you fear anymore, except for maybe Whit Merrifield. And he's more of a gadget guy than anything. Pretty yeah. He's oh, if Merrifield was on a better team with a with a real contentious lineup, I mean, <sighs> Adalberto Mondesi is going to take another step forward. Every, he's, every team needs a Whit Merrifield on a championship team. Yes, it does. I, I would not be shocked if Merrifield gets dealt at the deadline, even though he inked an extension. Because the extension that he signed is Kansas City affordable, which means to a big shark in a small pond, that's oh, that's that's pennies to peanuts. I agree. So Merrifield money does, should not scare anybody away from making a trade. Like, I know the Yankees won't. We won't need him because we have too much infield depth. But a team like... The that, I mean, with all these injuries. Any team can use with Merrifield. He can play the outfield too. Mm-hmm. Any team can use a guy like that. And he's a guy that wins you a World Series. He's a Steve Pierce, a better player. Yeah, well, he's also a bet. He's he's ten times the athlete that Steve Pierce is. He can run. No, what I'm saying, of course. What I'm saying is, he's a guy that you can scratch that you want. You want on him. You want him on your team the postseason run. Yeah. For, oh, absolutely. I'll take Whit Merrifield on my team a thousand times over. Absolutely. Right, but I, I feel bad for Royals fans when you you literally you win you go back to back World Series appearances and then you died. Yeah, but you know what? At least they they you know won one, right? Right. Well, and more than us, isn't that fair? Yeah, the the Pirates and the Royals seem to seem to run parallel to each other. Like when they're good at the same time, and they suck dick for twenty years, and then they're good. They'll be good again by the time Bryce Harper's contract is up with Philly. Right. Yeah, I. Uh, that that kills me. But these teams in baseball need to realize, like, you gotta spend some money. You're a major league team. Like, you have money. Stop pretending to be poor. Like, you're not poor. Tampa signed people, and they might legitimately be the most broke team in baseball. Yeah, that was you know. Sometimes you got to give credit where it's due, right, Luke? <laughs> no, I I hate the Rays for obvious reasons, but you got to give Tampa credit for at least doing something. Like you, I you just you, you have to. The Royals, the the Reds did something. That's another team that's a notorious non-spender. The Reds did shit via the trade market. You know, if you, I don't care if you if you sign or make trades, but to to do one signing and then nothing else is stupid. I fully agree. And that's a fuck you to your fan base. I fully agree. And you know, you gotta. All these teams is like, oh, we're in a position to compete. You really think the Royal fan is that excited to go to Kauffman Stadium to see Adalberto Mondesi? No. I mean. He's an exciting player, but he's he. I'm not driving to fucking Kauffman Stadium to watch a second year shortstop. Hey, 
just got an update on my phone not to change subjects. The NFL increased the payroll by an extra $11 million. Oh, sweet Jesus Christ. Well, it's actually funny you mention that because I know we've been talking MLB free agency and, and you know, making our calls for the season. NFL free agency is right around the corner, isn't it? Uh, yes, it is. And Alex Collins got cut today. Demarius Thomas yeah. is going to go to jail probably. Um, why, why is Demarius Thomas going to jail? He got uh, arrested for domestic violence back in Denver. I didn't even know that. Okay. Well, also, he got cut from Houston, so he's a free agent. But I knew that. That I knew. Right, because he popped his Achilles, but now he's got a DV charge on him, which means Cleveland will probably sign him, because let, let's be real. If you sign Kareem Hunt, anyone in the NFL is fair game, I guess. Hey, listen, I'd sign Kareem Hunt and Demarius Thomas any day of the week. I I ethically can't, can't do it. Oh, I ethically have no problem doing it. I would have no issue. What I care about is can you play a game of football? Can you play it the right well, way? Well, I, I guess you would. You as a Jet fan, you would probably whore yourself out for talent. Listen, good talent is not combined too often. If you can play the game of football and you can do it the right way, you're good in my book. I don't, you know, I obviously you want everybody on your team to be a good guy off the field. Never happens like that. It. Yeah. So sometimes then. I'll tell you what, I'm not going to take losing. Well, Ask any losing fan base if they would take Kareem Hunt and Demarius Thomas on their team right now. Well, you as a representative of the New York Jets and that fan base, you've been taking it in the ass for the last couple of years, so how does so you would whore yourself out for talent, wouldn't you? Absolutely. There you go. Yep, you no want, you want fat fuck Bell? Go, go, go get him. Yeah, that's, see, that's the type of shit that I don't like, though. Because I'm talking about that shit he does on the field. See, there's a, in my book, Le'Veon Bell's worse than the Kareem Hunt for the world. Why? Because he, he, he's, he's trying to be a martyr and then happened to put on 30, 40 pounds? Yeah, he, he's a piece of shit, right? Like, all he wants, he wants his money. Well, he's he gave not, up an opportunity yeah. to win a Super Bowl with a great franchise, with players he played for with years, against, he probably had to go up against the Patriots, a team that's knocked him out a few years in a row, and you sit out, you're a bitch. Yeah. Yeah, well, Le'Veon Bell is clearly the most non-committed football player on the planet. Right, and, and that's what matters to me. Are you committed? Now, we don't know if Kareem Hunt and Demarius Thomas are committed, but if they are, I would take them no problem. That's uh, what see, matters to me. See, a, 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 a domestic violence charge doesn't tell me that you're not committed care. to football. It just tells me that you right. have the occasional lapse in judgment to a severe extent, but it's a... It's a I, 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 I would take a guy with a DV charge over a guy that's late for meetings and doesn't care. For sure. That's what I care more. So if Cream Hunt's late for meetings, I don't want him like, regardless. But is he always on time for meetings? That I don't know. Does study his playbook? Probably. I, 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 I don't know, but what I'm saying is, if he does, I'll gladly take it. You're going to help my football team win games. There you go. Um, that's, that's the bottom line. So, in the in the realm of free agency, because I know we've addressed that you think the Jets should trade out of the three spot. Um, I, apparently, McCagney put up a for sale sign. There you go. At the combine. Basically saying, yeah, we know, just trade us, and we'll accept <laughs> Yeah, there you we, go. The whole world knows that I think they're trying to trade out of that spot. Yeah, well, maybe. And, and yeah, since I, we're talking offseason, you know what I could see, Luke? What? A, an attempt for the Jets to get Bell and Brown. 
Um, now, yeah, you you guys you guys can get Brown because you're not the Patriots. If we got both of them, I think that would be better for the other one. Meaning, I think Bell and Brown would say, okay, they are serious about winning. Let's say the Jets make a hypothetical trade. They get a later first-round pick and a second this year and a second next year. Or or they would get more than that, maybe. But let's just say they did, okay? Yeah. Let's just say a minimum, that's what they got. You trade that first-rounder for Brown. You got your running back in Bell. Now you could use that second-round pick on a defensive end or O lineman, probably they'd get an O lineman. What I'm saying is now all of a sudden you're you're a contender in the AFC now, in my opinion. Well, yeah, your guys, yeah, I mean the defense is is the bat, the top, the second and third level of defense are okay, but you need the up front needs to be better. That's inarguable. Well, I don't I don't think about the up front. I, I think they need just one thing: a pass, a speedy pass rusher. Yeah. Speed. Well, you can, right. Well, you can trade down in this draft and get a premium edge rusher. This draft, in my opinion, is very deep for wide receivers, pass rushers, and uh, old linemen. And by deep, I'm not talking about studs. I'm talking about serviceable NFL players that you can get in the third, fourth round. Oh, yeah. So, you know what I mean? I'm not talking about pro bowlers or all pros. Maybe potential, like maybe one year pro bowl here and there, but. I'm talking about guys that you like to be on a team five to eight years from now, and like six or seven where they were starters mm-hmm. and are serviceable, kind of like the Saints did, right? With Alex Anzalone, right? He was a fourth round pick out of Florida, had a great year. Like guys like that, when you draft well late, yeah, that's what makes your team. Well, that's how Pittsburgh has been successful over the years. Right? No, absolutely. And you hit it. And the biggest thing too now, right? We're talking NFL offseason is. You're seeing every team want that franchise quarterback. You're seeing that they kind of want to stop. I mean, we're talking about people trying to tank this year for next year's quarterback draft class. Every team knows right now, in order to compete, you need a franchise quarterback or you're not getting shit. Yeah. Do you notice that? Yeah. Prior, we're like, oh, we can still win a championship with a stopgap. I mean, I think every team in the NFL right now is has a raging hard on for Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, you know what's weird though? What? Is I saw that they liked Fromm, Tua, and uh, Herbert over him. And I, uh, and I couldn't understand it. I didn't read the article, it just popped up on my phone. But I was like, really? That's really interesting because Lawrence demolished Alabama's defense. I mean, what he did to their defense. Yeah. He that looked like they were a D2 school. But let's also not forget, he also took a starting job from an upper-class quarterback at the beginning of that season, which is in of itself impressive. And then over the course of the year, you destroyed ACC defenses and Alabama. My point is, though, is that if you think that he's the worst, or even it's even a discussion, yeah, how good is next year's draft class? Uh, Tua, from Herbert, that's four guys that are going to go top ten. They should go top ten. Yeah. Right? I mean, if they fall beyond top 10, I'd be shocked. Yeah. I think these teams want a franchise quarterback. I don't think the NFL, which brings my point to the offseason, I think the teams that you're going to see be busy are contenders. I think you're going to start seeing some tanking in the NFL this year. Well, I really but do. But let's be real. The Niners have a quarterback, so they don't need one. The, the Dolphins. The Dolphins, the Dolphins need a guy now, though. They can't wait a year. I disagree. Who do they have? 
I'd rather I would rather draft, let's say, Kyler Murray or I don't know about Haskins, but Kyler Murray for them would, would work. My point, Luke, is I think they're gonna see teams tank. I don't I, I don't think you're wrong. I, I, I think I think David Carr, if he has another year like he did last year. Yeah, do you have to move on? Yep. Sorry. Yeah. If he has another year like he did last year, he's a stopgap quarterback, right? Yeah, I don't yeah. Let's uh, just call a spade a spade. Andy Dolan's a pro pro, but he, at this point he's a stopgap quarterback. Yeah. Right? Yeah. All right, the Broncos, I don't care who it is, Wacko or Keenum, stopgap. The Redskins, Alex Smith, stopgap. The, the Jaguars, I think they're the only team that go for a quarterback this year because I think they know they're that one piece away from yeah. back in the game. That's a little different. Yeah. Um, but all these teams have stopgap quarterbacks. I think you're going to see these teams tank. I really think you're going to see that. Yeah, I don't, I don't see the Giants being – even if the Giants – don't take a quarterback and take like a left tackle. Yeah. I can still see them not being great just to get one of those top 10 guys. It makes sense for them. It does. I, I, I agree. Yeah, no, I, I, you're definitely not. I don't think you're wrong at all. Um, it's, I would love to see how exactly an NFL team manages to tank. I mean, if you're the Raiders, you're going to suck dick anyway. Just, Eat your bag of dicks in the corner and wait till 2019, 20, or I'm sorry, till 2020, and just make it happen. I, I'm just saying it seems like the NFL is being set up for to be a top-heavy league this year. Yeah. And I, it really yeah. is. I mean, so off-season, well, who are the big names? You got Dante Fowler, DeMarcus Lawrence, Landon Tom. So DeMarcus, so DeMarcus Lawrence is probably going to get franchised again by Dallas, which makes total sense. What play under that? What? He said he would not play under that. Well, he's Dallas would be stupid to give to not offer him long term. I, I agree. I think he's a great player, especially with Randy Gregory getting Gregory's done. Yeah, um, yeah. You you got to get rid because also too that defense. Like I understand Sean Lee's still there, but that defense is still super young and can fly. You need a guy like you need a guy like Lawrence just to push the pocket. Um, the, guys like Lawrence make that defense work. Um, for Fowler sure. Is Fowler is completely unrestricted. I heard um, the Jets are in love with him. I don't like that. <laughs> yeah, well, you. He's a number two pass rusher. He's not number one. Yeah. Well, let's see. Who, uh, let's see who the I know. Um, the wide receiver class this year is terrible. Absolutely trash. Golden Tate beats that pack and. He's good with a certain quarterback, but uh, he's not number one or two by any stretch in the NFL right now. No, not at all. Um, you know, it, it's all very – you got Roger Saffold. I love him on the old line. Um, yeah. Again, but I think the, the biggest free agency is Mark Ingram, Le'Veon Bell, in my opinion, and yeah. Kevin Coleman. Because yeah. Because – by the way, I don't want you guys to know I'm taking a piss. So, uh, yeah, I could see. Where do you think Mark Ingram goes? I, I don't know. It dep- I think Le'Veon Bell going to set that tone. Okay. The Jets are definitely going after a running back. Yeah. Right. So is Le- is it going to be Ingram, Coleman, Bell? Where is Bell going to go? The Colts need a running back. We know that, right? But uh, would they only take a star running back? Do they have Hines and Mack? 
or they are they just looking for another body back there. Um, Kevin Coleman, I think, obviously wants to be a number one. But you know what? I'll tell, I'll tell you this about Mark Ingram. I think he stays. Yeah, the, I mean, this is a – I'm looking at the list now. This is a good D-line and a good linebacker class. And you got good running backs. Yeah, you you, you have you have solid guys here. Like even Quan Alexander is a good running is a good uh, linebacker. He's a great linebacker. No, there are solid guys there. It's not a- actually. You know who I could see making a play for Quan Alexander? Who? Pittsburgh. Sure. Quan Alexander might be the closest thing to Ryan Shazier that's actually able to play in the NFL right now. Um. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, he, he's not as fast. Well, no, but no, there. Well, understandably, no linebacker was as fast as Shazier. Shazier was a freak at that position, but Quan right. is the is the the number two in that realm of speedy, quote unquote, undersized, but still still highly functioning linebackers. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, look at the, look at these fucking wide receivers: Jamison Crowder, Tyro Tyra Williams, John Brown. Like Jesus Christ! Yeah, I know. Well, Golden Tate's in there too. Whoop the fucking do. Golden Tate is a slot receiver. Yeah. You can, if you can't find a slot receiver, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, LaMarcus Joyner at safety is intriguing. Um, same with Tyron Matthew. I could see Matthew I, re-signing with Houston. That's my, guy. that's my guy. LaMarcus Joyner is a, is a solid safety. So is Landon Collins. Tyron Matthew, the reason I love him is he can play linebacker, corner, or safety. High, low, in the box, zone man. Yeah. That guy is something special. I like this linebacking duo here, Anthony Barr and C.J. Mosley. Um, C.J. Mosley, he makes a lot of big plays, but you know what? Sometimes I want I seem to get burnt a lot, Luke. Yeah, I, no, you, you're not wrong. I mean, I, I trust me, I, I watch the Ravens a lot. Did he? Did he maybe lose a step? He just seems over the last few years, he used to always make the big plays. You know, he's good for those, right? Yeah, but over the last year, it seems like two years. I should say he got burnt in a lot of plays. You know who I could see the Jets going after? Who? D. Ford. No, I think the Chiefs resigned him. Oh, did they? Yeah. I th- I oh, they'll, they'll, pro- they'll probably franchise tag him if anything. So I, I right, and you know, but we we already know about him lining up off sides, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um. Grady Jarrett intrigues me. I wonder if the Falcons will will tag him. Um, um, I I don't think they will. I heard they won't. Yeah, you know who I would love to to also see come to Pittsburgh. Who? KJ Wright. KJ Wright. He's a very solid linebacker. He he he, he knows he's not going to make any bonehead plays. No. He's just solid. No other way to describe him. Solid. Yeah, that's. Especially in a in a in a three four system, and I, I know I'm going to speak in in Pittsburgh terms here for a second. But in a three four, you need guys who can you need fast guys in the middle to make that work. That's why Shazier thrived. KJ Wright, I'm not saying is 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 Shazier at all. I personally would rather get Quan Alexander because he's like we said the prototype, same build of a Shazier. If you can't get Quan Alexander. You need you need to add a third piece in that mix. John Bostic and Vince Williams do not solidify the linebacking core no, for the not. Steelers. They do not. No, they don't. But if you add 
a Quan Alexander or a KJ Wright. KJ Wright specifically, who's thrived in the playoffs in the peak of those Seattle years. Yeah. You that I would be super open to that. I also can't count on the draft that Devin White is going to fall to twenty. Right. So you have to but consider Devin, Devin White might fall to twenty. <laughs> he might. But I don't want to run the gamble. This happens to the Steelers every year. The guys that make so much sense for the Steelers get taken, usually by Tennessee, and we were left like scrambling, and then we picked Terrell Edmonds in the fucking first round. Oh, I know. <laughs> or, 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 case in point, Artie fucking Burns. I mean, right. Yeah. Well, Artie Burns started off. Very good. I don't know what happened there, but he did get off to a Artie hard Burns. Start. Artie Burns. You talk, you talk about mostly getting burned. Artie Burns is the most yeah, burnable corner in the league. He started out very hot. You know that. I do know that. I was thrilled and when he was. He had a great. We were actually. I think we were actually on the phone talking about how good his uh, off season was going and training camp was going. I think we had that right. Yep. Remember and then that? it all went to shit. Yep. He was covering A.B. pretty good. And it's not his covering skills. It seems though his game has mentally never uh, increased. He kept, his, his, uh, the mental aspect of football, it's almost like he never learned the game because he was so skilled and talented that he never thought he had to, and it definitely caught up with him. Would you yeah. say that was... What, what I need to see for Pittsburgh approaching this draft and approaching free agency is Mike Tomlin needs to stop making picks. Let the scouts and let Colbert make the fucking pick. I hate this shit. Tomlin, I get it. You're a secondary coach at heart. That's your bread and butter. But you also suck at drafting. Coach. I wouldn't go that far, Luke. Dude, there's no fucking way. Listen, all I have to say is two words. Christian Hackenberg. Who, by the way, just got demoted in the Alliance League to the backup. Right. So until you start drafting players like that, I don't want to hear about not having draft skills. Yeah, no, I'm just saying, you can tell the GM for us is making our late-round picks, the guys that actually do well, and you can tell there's a difference. We shouldn't be getting picks in round two or three that are performing better immediately than first-rounders. I agree. Here's the thing. We're talking about the offseason. Here's the question. If we were really want to get in-depth, where's LaBelle signing? Where do you think he's signing? In my opinion, it's one of two locations. Le'Veon Bell? Yeah, it's either Phillies or the Phillies. The Eagles or the Jets. No, I think the Colts can make a play. No, nope, um, I don't think he's going there. He wants to be in a big market. He wants to win. Then, then let him go to fucking Philly. I think he's going to be in the city of brotherly love or New York. And I'll let him go to Philly. I got no problem losing him to the Eagles. That's going to start a domino effect because it's going to tell you where Ingram and Coleman are going to go. If the Jets do get Bell. You know that they're in it to win it. They're not messing around. Do they get Brown? Do they get Roger Saffold? I think Matt Preter, the Broncos center, who's in the lead center, is also a free agent. Do they really splurge? Where Le'Veon Bell goes is going to start the domino effect. I, I think that if he's a Philadelphia Eagle, I think the domino effect is a lot less than it would be if he went to the Jets. That's possible. Because, because if the Jets are all in on him, I think they're all in to win it. They know that they can't have him on a bad team. I think they know that that would end poorly. Yeah. I th- you, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. So I think that's, that's a big thing there. 
Yeah, no, I, I, I hear you. The thing that would worry I, I, right now, who knows what you're getting, what you're gonna get with Bell. That's what scares me. Tevin Coleman's proven he can be a, 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 a like a, a starting running back in this league. I wouldn't be shocked if Atlanta keeps him. I wouldn't be shocked either. Right, this and and, and I don't, and I and I also wouldn't be shocked if New Orleans spares no expense to keep Ingram. Uh, I wouldn't doubt that either. Right, because you, I don't think Camara. Camara wants him back too. I know Camara wants him back, but I would also be concerned for Camara's health if he's a feature back. I completely agree. Smaller backs just take harder hits. It's just how it operates. Yeah, no, absolutely. And but the amount he gets the ball too. Right. In open space. It's not you know mm-hmm. it's very uh it's setting him up for an injury, right? Pretty much. Yeah, right. All the shit over the flat. How many times have we seen running backs get their head taken off over the flat? Yeah, and, and as shifty as Kamara is and how I don't want to say lucky how skilled he is to be avoiding take all those hits. It it can come back to bite him. It just takes one hit. Oh yeah. It doesn't even need to be a legal hit. You put Vontez Burset out there, game over. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But why don't we do this? Why don't we wrap this one up, and we will let the we will let the timeline generate some more stuff for us to talk about, and we will see y'all next week. All right, sounds good. Can't wait. All right, peace out, Johnny. Right, later. And that was episode ten of the Bleacher Creatures podcast, uh, brought to you by Jones and for Sports. If uh, you guys haven't done it already, um, go to Facebook, go to Twitter, go to Instagram, and drop us a like. Yo, we're, we're, we're active on the social media, too. And also go out and find Jones and for Sports um, on the Bleacher Creatures page on Facebook and Instagram. I'll drop a link in there and you know, see what my boy Sean's producing. And we got some big stuff coming over there as well. Have a good week, and we will see you all in a few days.